Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Josh Peak, and this is uh, episode 241. Whoa. 241. It's like an echo. I didn't pay extra for that. I just kind of did it. Um. <laughs> so, no, it's, hey, a, it's, a, it's a button on the switchboard. Right? I got my brother here today. Say hey, Alex. Hey. Um, he is uh, zooming in with us live from uh, undisclosed locations far off in the Caribbean, as you can see in the in the little sh- the the reflection, it looks you like you're tell, in the Caribbean. Yeah, it looks like a, a little palm tree back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks mm-hmm. like you're like in a third world nation, maybe, and someone's going to come over and be like, "Oh, we have your dinner reservation, sir." <laughs> what, what, what was that? What was that? Oh, yes, thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for me? Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I got one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, the service here is great. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> so how are you, man? Doing good. Doing real good. Um, you know, just enjoying a lot of time with the family. Uh, weather's been really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so everything's good, man. Everything's good. In fact, uh, the family just left um, to go run and go through the drive through at Pelican Snow Cones to get a snow cone. So Oh, cool. It's like 95 degrees, so. Yeah, it's hot out there. Yeah, it's a warm one today. This next week is going to be ridiculously hot here in South Carolina. I was looking online, and I think it's supposed to touch on 100 degrees. Yeah, I think uh, up here in the upstate by Thursday, I think the high is looking like 96. But, I yeah. mean, of course, in South Carolina, that'll be 110. So. Yeah. yeah. Fun times. Yay. But I, I will take that over pouring rain like we had last week any day. So. It's, it's still been raining here like on a regular basis a lot like my yard is still looking kind of swampy oh man yeah That's tough. i um <clears throat> my wife's she uh being out of work right now as she is uh asked me during the week hey do you want me to cut the grass and i was like okay so she cut the grass and then she goes don't worry about weed eating either i'm gonna have jared do it and i was like okay cool well then it rained and so he didn't get to it that day and then it rained the next day all day and then the third day he was like um, can I do it where it's not like flooded? And I was like, yeah, because there's parts of the, there's still parts of the yard that's flooded. And so right. he went around and kind of hit the high spots and stuff. And then he went out there today and kind of touched up the rest, but there's still like standing water all over the yard and in the driveway. And I mean, I'm like, holy crap, this is ridiculous. Ooh, geez. But you know, weather aside and all that fun stuff. Um, I watched a really cool show today on Netflix. Uh, it just came out. Uh, the old guard. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that pop up on the feed this morning. Yeah, with uh, Charlize Theron is like mm-hmm. the main the main name of the movie. Right. Um, it's a movie. I, I thought it was a show, but it's a movie. It's it's actually really good. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a lot of the things that that other shows have done in the past, but it's the idea that some of these characters can live forever. Um, and of course with that comes the burden of not wanting to be discovered because if you're discovered, a lot of times you're studied or you're, you know, treated like a rab a lab rat or you're excommunicated in a way that is torturous at best. Right. Um, and they sort of touch on all of that with the history and the story and the way they did it. It was done really well. Um, there's, there's a guy in it that I think is a, a comedic actor. I, I want to say he's from, um, I'm not exactly sure, but he looks like a guy that was on the, um, uh, the Philadelphia, what is the, um, uh, 
Oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, he looks like one of those guys. I, I'm not exactly sure if that's who it is, but he's he he has a the way he talks, like his voice. I was like, is that that guy? You, I mean, I didn't watch the show, but you probably did. You'll be like, oh, that's that guy, or you'll be like, no, that wasn't him. Um, anyway, yeah, dark uh, hair. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, he looks like the guy you're talking about, but it, very yeah, similar face. Very similar face. Yeah, but this guy's yeah. name is Matthias. Uh, yeah, it's not him. Schernertz, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. Very similar in the face. Yeah. 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 But I watched the movie. Great movie. I mean, it was really good. Um, I was expecting it to be not up to par. I don't know why. I mean, Netflix is knocking it out of the park here lately, but I don't know. Just the previews, I was like, eh, they're just yeah. trying to do like a hash story over again. And it's not going to be that great. But the way they did it was actually really great. It was it was a good time. Um, you know, it was a good two hours of fun. Nice. I didn't really have to think a lot. It was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah, I um, I watched uh, the newer version of Midway the other day um, uh, about the World War II uh, bomber planes um, after the Pearl Harbor attack, and it was really good. Yeah. And, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to, it just came out yesterday, Tom Hanks' new war movie uh, that's on Apple TV. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Did they touch on the fact of why Midway was, was such an important battle? Yeah. So it was really interesting the way that they kind of shot it. So you were seeing a bunch of different perspectives. You were seeing kind of the administrative uh, code interceptor side of it from Hawaii. Uh, you saw the attack at Pearl Harbor. You were seeing the point of view from the main, our main aircraft carrier, but you were also seeing the perspective of the Japanese and right. why they were doing what they were doing. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and it was really, really well done. And uh, all-star cast, you know, I mean, Woody Harrelson was in it. Um, Dennis Quaid, you know, a bunch of big names uh, pop up in and out of the movie, but it was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It was a historical battle for the Marine Corps as well, because up until that point, there was a lot of talk about them doing away with the Marine Corps. And during that battle, Midway was important because it was a good spot. It was the perfect spot for a base to be so that they could launch attacks against the Japanese. Right. Um, as far as their distance and security and stuff like that, it was the island that they wanted. And the Marines secured that island. It was their amphibious warfare that actually helped them establish that island. And it was at such an amazing feat that they pulled it off that the decree was made then of we're never getting rid of the Marines. This is absolutely necessary. If right. we hadn't had them, this, this wouldn't have been possible. So, I mean, we learned a lot about the battle of Midway when I was in the Marine Corps. I'd never heard about it before then. So I'm sure the average citizen has never heard about it. Right. I mean, and, and, and it's a really good telling. And, uh, and it, just like you said, um, it really gives the Japanese perspective of why that base was so important to them. Yeah. Cause they thought if they could get that base, it gave them a foothold in the Pacific since they had already bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, that they could then continue their attack on the western coast of it was uh, their it was States. the most important battle in the whole campaign because it was right. it was going to determine who won or lost the whole war right, right. so it was amazing yeah it was neat and then every now and then in the movie you'd get like you know a snippet from from this thing or that thing of like Aaron Eckhart uh, he plays uh, a bombardier pilot the, the the ones that bombed Tokyo yeah. um, and then he like had to you know lost <laughs> himself in uh, you know, in, uh, in crash landed in China. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really, really solid movie. I enjoyed it. How rude. 
Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a professional podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's, 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 the only, that's the only problem when you have uh, your phone connected to your computer as well. Yeah. Well, so, oh, well. It, it is what it is. It happens. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, I also just watched Dave Chappelle's latest special that is a Netflix special. You know, he signed that big deal for Netflix mm-hmm. and he's been putting out comedy special after comedy special. Yep. Well, this one, they didn't put it on their platform. They put it on YouTube for obvious reasons. Right. Um, titled 846. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. It's, Have uh, you? yeah, it's, it's, Whew. it's, uh, it's not as, I mean, like he, he definitely gives his comedic spin on it, but it is not like a normal stand up routine. But it's he was, been, the thing I, I took away from it the most was he was right. We were curious about his opinion because he, we know he's not going to lie to us. Right. And he has, cause he has no reason to. Yeah. And he's never, he's always been the guy to push the envelope and, yeah. you know, kind of break those barriers. And so, you know, subconsciously we all trust what he has to say because he has no reason to lie. He has Absolutely. no ulterior motive. Absolutely. So. And if, you know, I, I can't imagine like, he has so much responsibility in a way of being one of the first voices that says something, but also just the compelling need to feel like you have to say something. And I know he set all this up thinking they're going to want me to be funny. I'm just, I don't know if I can be funny, but I got to talk about this. And, you know, he probably shot that portion and said, air that portion. And then probably came back on stage and told some jokes for the people in the audience to kind of, yeah, you know, cele- cele- up, yeah. yeah. Celebrate the fact that they're all there, but also I could see him looking at the cameras going, you don't need to record this part. This is just for, this is just for these guys. I want you to air that other part. I mean, I don't know this what happened, but I'm assuming that's what happened. And, yeah. you know, so much of what he said is true. And I'm glad that these conversations are are happening and they're on the forefront of everyone's conversations. Um, because it needs to be commonplace. I feel like anybody with a platform, if they're not talking about this kind of stuff, they're not doing a service to their fellow Americans. They're not doing their part to help us heal. Uh, me included. I mean, for whatever little platform I have, it is absolutely important that I mention it on a regular basis and keep pushing the envelope of, we need to change the way we treat each other. We need to change the way we treat our community. We need to change the way that we talk to one another, look at one another, speak to one another. You know, for a long time, we watched the trend of technology getting better and better. And these supercomputers that we carry around with us, our kids start focusing on in that zone in zombie, like a, approach of only looking at their phones and then when the world happens they go oh my god and they're so freaked out about the world it's like hey stop stop engaging in that as much and start engaging with the person across from you learn how to come have a conversation with somebody who looks different than you and get to know them like that's the important part is get to know the people around you in your community and then you're not having a conversation with a person of color you're having a conversation with your friend get to know the person who is you know, different than you. And, and you'll be amazed at how much you actually have in common. That's the thing I've been kind of trying to preach all along. And I think that if all of this happened for nothing, then it's on us because we've wasted it. 
if nothing else, this is the fire that is starting the conversations. And Dave Chappelle hit on everything that a lot of people were feeling. And, you know, I've had similar conversations with people that are close to me about why is it okay for this other violence in retaliation? And I said, try to put yourself in their shoes. Try to put yourself in the embodiment of your entire life being treated like a criminal just because you look different where you don't have the same freedoms that I have just because you look different. And I listen, the privilege is not lost on me at all. I, I talk about it often at work. I'm like, listen, I know I'm allowed to say some things just because I look like I'm in the club. So I have a responsibility then to to do that. I have the responsibility then to, to push the envelope and to push people to think outside of their normal boundaries. And in a way we all do. You know, you and I, um, I, I've had the great opportunity to, to play with and coach people from every background imaginable. And, but I, even with that, you and I will never know no. what that fear is like. No. I've had those conversations with players where they tell me that, Coach, I'm afraid to walk down certain roads um, because of how they're perceived. And for anyone to deny that that is happening, they, they don't, you're right, they're lost in that seven and a half inch screen. They mm-hmm. don't know what's going on in the world around them. And, um, and I understand that, that people don't want to see violence. I am super anti-violence. I'm very, uh, you know, pro peaceful keeping, but at the same time, I can, I can understand why things have turned to violence because up to this point, peaceful protesting hasn't worked. I know it's like being a white guy and saying I'm against violence, but also in the back of my brain going, if I have to bring it, I will. Right. Imagine being a black man and your whole life you're treated as the enemy just because you look different. Exactly. And, and still having that mentality of if, if you keep poking me, I'm going to poke back. Exactly. And even if you just say something and in a lot of cases say nothing, you just happen to be black. You're going to be killed on the streets while people film it. Yep. And, and that's the kind of conversation and, uh, you know, and things that we need to point out and, and make it uncomfortable for a lot of people. Make it uncomfortable for people to then pay attention to what they're doing and what they see and call out those people that are doing the wrong things. And, you know, if we have to get rid of some people in, in the police force, okay, you know. And if you're uncomfortable having that conversation, then it means that you haven't been paying attention. Or, or it's your first time having the conversation. Exactly. Because I've had yeah. a lot. Yep. A lot. And I'm comfortable enough now that I can have the conversation with anybody. And I understand a small portion. I understand enough to have compassion and, under, and, and, and believe that, you know, I am lucky. I'm extremely lucky for nothing that I did. Yep. Nothing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If I was born anywhere else in the world, there's, there's 90% of the world where I'd be born and I'd be the minority. And yet a lot of white people that live here think, oh, when I get to heaven, they're all going to be white, just like Jesus. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Jeez. So watching this show today, watching, you know, the old guard and, you know, Charlize Theron is supposed to be the oldest of the group. And they never really say how old she is. They never really say how long she's been this immortal. Um mm-hmm but she's walked the earth and 
spoken all these languages and learned to communicate with a lot of people and spent a lot of time trying to help people because, you know, if you have eternity, there's a certain amount of time where you can do everything. And then after a while, there's a certain amount of time where you go, I should help other people because I, I can't die. Why don't I help other people? Right. Right. So she then meets other people who become what she is. And there's an interesting way that they kind of know who they are. It's pretty cool. But then she's on a, like a crusade of, we need to help other people, but also we can't be seen. We don't want people to know who we are because we could be persecuted. And it got me thinking that is a type of privilege in a way. Um, But it's also a lot of responsibility, not uncommon to sort of what we're going through now. If you have privilege, it sort of is your responsibility to say something, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the voices that I'm listening to on social media right now are mostly comedians because like Dave Chappelle, they're all saying, they're all telling us the truth. They're sort of the, 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 what do you call them? The, the, the speakers of our generation, the voice of our generation, Mm. they are the ones that are going to say, Hey, this is not right. This is, they can make some jokes along the way, but they're going to eventually through the platform of, having podcasts, not just comedy shows, but, but podcasts as well, be able to talk on a regular basis with everybody and say, Hey America, wake up. This isn't the way we should be doing things. We should be doing things differently. Joe Rogan has taken the approach of having everybody on his podcast over time and said, Hey, come in and talk about it. What's going on. What have you seen lately? And if anything else, it should be the blueprint of how we should all have conversations with each other of Tell me, tell me what's going on. What are you interested in? What are you, what are you fighting against? Is there anything I can help with? I have a platform, you know, I want to promote the positive. They talk a lot about how if you have a responsibility um, in a platform that you should be promoting the positive, but not, not everybody does. Some people are all about themselves. And And Joe is sort of the exception to the rule in the fact that he is, sort of brought a community together that used to be very competitive and because of it has just made a lot of people better in life. I mean, me included. Um, but I hear from other podcasts that have nothing to do with him. You know, Dan Cummings, you got, you turned me on to Dan Cummings with his time suck podcast. And, you know, he talks about the effect of Joe in everything. The fact that he's like, you know, if Joe hadn't done what he did, I wouldn't have a platform that I have now. People wouldn't care who I am but I can live here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and I can do my thing and I'm able to provide for my family. I'm able to make a living. I'm able to influence people. I'm able to share with you the interesting things that I think are interesting and be able to make a living and all this fun stuff and create a community. And maybe we are all creating a community in our own ways. I mean, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Always hopeful. You know, it's weird that during this time um, we're having to physically spend time away from our mom who is yeah. immunocompromised, who growing up was probably the most influential voice in my head of how to treat people the right way and how to do the right thing. And even though she worked a ridiculous amount of hours per week and went to college full time. She still seemed to have an influence on us. You know, I used to tell my kids all the time that, you know, I'm, I'm, my hope is that 
I teach you enough so that when you go to make a bad decision, you'll hear a voice in your head that'll say, I don't think that's a good idea. And, and you'll think, oh, that must be my dad. Mm-hmm. I said, for me, it was my mom. Every time right. I went to do something that was questionable, I hear a voice in my head. It wasn't God. It was my mom saying, I don't think that's a good you idea. Sure you want to do that? You sure you want to do that? There's going to be, there's going to be repercussions. And so, you know, I'm thankful that she was sort of a, an example in a lot of ways of not only sacrifice, but also of humanity and humility. And during this time of being quarantined, you know, she's not able to affect as many lives as she could. I mean, I know she's doing all that she can, but also she's trying to be safe and not get this coronavirus. And, you know, I'll admit I am... I am kind of a jerk when it comes to coronavirus because I'm pissed off that a thing is happening and people are telling me that I have to be safe and I seem like I'm healthy and fit and I'm sure you are too. You're like, bring it on. I'm look at me. No, that's I'm, 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 show. You know, <laughs> I'm on I'm on the safe side. I, I wear masks. I, I, you know, because I read a lot of research studies. Uh, grad school definitely helped me with that. So I, I do a lot of peer reviewed articles and yeah, try to stay up to date. And what worries me the most is. Um, we don't know what's going to happen to happen after. Yeah. I mean, I understand that a lot of people are recovering, but we're starting to see a lot of uh, new evidence coming out about how it's probably more vascular than respiratory. Uh, they're well, finding. And she posted of, uh, that it may be a bloodborne pathogen. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what I mean by vascular. Okay. Um, they're, they're finding a lot of uh, blood clotting when they do autopsies on patients who have died from COVID. Um, you're starting to see more and more people our age um, having strokes and just perfectly healthy people just all of a sudden something goes wrong. So I am a little bit more on the safe side. We still don't really take any risks. Uh, the biggest risk I take is probably getting on the golf course. Yeah. But when I go to the grocery store, when I go, uh, when I have to go to a store of any kind, I do, I wear a mask. Um, now, I'm not one of these that if I'm in the car by myself, I wear my mask in my car. I don't do that. Um, and I do believe that when I'm outside, you know, that's, that's a, that's my best bet. But when I'm, when I'm in a place that I feel like a lot of people that I don't know have been in, I, I am a mask proponent for sure. Yeah. Um, working in the industry that I'm in, I go in and out of restaurants a lot of times. And for the most part, I've talked about the fact that I've only been in like two restaurants where people working in the restaurants were wearing masks. And for the most part, nobody's required us to wear masks except for nursing homes. And this past week was different. This past week, I guess, because the governor got on TV and said, all right, listen, we got to clamp down on this. Um, I noticed that most of the restaurants I went in, everybody was wearing them. Not always correctly. Most people had them like over their mouth, but not over their nose. Right. Interesting. Um, But... Most of the restaurants I went in, when you walked in the back door, they'd say, hey, we need you to wear a mask when you're in here. Okay. And I had one with me. Work has provided one. You know, they're thinking ahead. Um, And we were able to be safe in that environment. Now, I can tell you that working in 100-degree heat with the mask on is brutal. Yeah, it's not (laughs) easy. No way. It is really awful. (laughs) When I did landscaping, I would wear a mask. That was more for an allergy thing, but I wore one. And it is, it is brutal to wear one, but you know, if I only have to wear it for 10 or 15 minutes at a time, but I mean, with the way that things are trending with education right now, it looks like I may be 
wearing one all the time. So, or teaching from home. Well, that's what I would prefer. I think, um, just to be on the safe side until we know what's going on. Uh, I mean, I, I could go on for hours and hours about how I feel about the education system right now, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all still up in the air. Yeah. Well, so, hopefully, I don't know. See, part of me thinks that we have to have herd immunity in order to move forward. I don't think that of, at a, um, a, shot is going to save us. I don't think that they're going to be able to come up with a way to immunize us because the virus is constantly changing. Um, I think as soon as they come up with a cure, supposedly quote unquote cure, it's going to mutate and be something completely different. And it's not going to matter. I mean, you know, whenever we get the flu vaccine, it only affects like 40% of the people. Um, this is bro science. I'm not actually coming off of real numbers. Right. <laughs> it's what I've heard. This is the stuff I heard podcast people. This is not the, the stuff I know podcast. That's a different channel. You guys need to check on that. If you stuff I know. Okay. So stuff I heard, um, <laughs> there's like a, it's like only a 40% chance that it's actually going to fight the infection that you're going to get because it mutates a lot of times and it changes and everybody's blood type of, you know, affects it differently. Everybody's immune system affects it differently. So you know, part of me is hopeful that the herd immunity is going to happen. And I'm, listen, I'm this again, bro science. I'm hopeful that the fact that the numbers keep going up means that more young people are going to get it and get over with it and form an immunity from it. I mean, I saw online last week, there's a 99.5% survival rate. And I'm like, is that real? I mean, nowadays you, you question everything you see, whether it's real news or it's somebody's version of the news and it's like whoever's reporting the news can report it any way they want if they base it upon their own numbers. So, I mean, I see that. And every time I see something like that, I'm like, is that real or is it not? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, all I know is our mom is susceptible. So I want to be safe anytime I'm around her. Right. Um, at work, we've had one driver get it and he's been a week in the hospital and then he was fine. Yeah. That's that's it. That's that's the extent of my knowledge of people around me. Well, he's one of the lucky ones. I have a lot of friends that are uh, in COVID units in hospitals, and they're seeing you know middle aged people leaving us every day, um, and it's it's uh, it's it's very frightening to them because they're having to watch it. Yeah. People their own age that come in with no symptoms, and forty eight hours later they're gone. So. There's two comedians, uh, Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub, who have a podcast called Fighter and the Kid. Mm. And they did a show and uh, they've been doing comedy shows in Texas and Phoenix and Saratoga. And they both ended up getting it. And they were talking ahead of time about this ain't real. This is no big deal. Blah, blah, blah. And now they've both gotten it. I haven't heard their podcast since they've gotten it, but they're doing it now on Zoom from their own quarantined area. Well, the things that are like, that, you know, we're trying to push that don't make any sense to me. So right now, the summertime is when, and this is all coming from an educational perspective, right now in the summertime is when uh, fall sport athletes and things like that should be doing workouts. Um, but we're also trying to decide how to move forward with school in the fall, in August. Yeah. yeah. And the, the things just don't correlate together. So when it comes to these workouts right now, which by the way, Greenville County is not allowing 
Um, nobody is allowed to work out in Greenville County and every county is different. Every district has been given freedom to do what they want to do, set their own rules. It's like even, um, even gyms can't social distance and be open. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I'm just or talking just as about far for, as an educational for, basis for school for school. So, okay. So not like, organized. So, no, so like blue, uh, so like Greenville high school or Wade Hampton high school, any of those, none of them can work out for their, with their school right now. They can't yeah. do conditioning. They can't be at school. None of that stuff. Right. Um, but each district is different, but even when they were allowed to, and the districts that currently are allowed to, you can have no group bigger than nine athletes and your coach being the 10th person. Yet we're supposed to go back in the fall with 15 to 20 kids in a classroom. So it doesn't, the the correlation doesn't make any sense. You can have, you can only have nine athletes in a group on a field outside but, and anytime you huddle them together, they have to be in a mask, but we're going to put 15 kids in a classroom, no mask required with a teacher, you know, some, some teachers that are, you know, over 65. Dolores's sister is teaching down at a charter school in Augusta, Georgia. And she said down there, they've been discussing going to school three days on two days off and then rotating the next week two days on three days off where they on the opposite days, they zoom in, but then rotating the students in the classroom. And that was one of the original ideas that we had. Yeah. We were going to have school uh, Monday off Tuesday for online for a deep clean school Wednesday off Thursday, deep clean school Friday off the weekend. A lot of things have bounced around. And again, this is another one of those things that every district is kind of doing their own thing. So Sumter County released the other day that they were going to commit to starting the fall virtual with the hopes of moving to an A-B schedule, kind of an alternating half to the population, Yeah, you know, A and B. Uh, Greenville County just released their proposed attendance plan, and we're looking at like a quarter schedule. So based on the alphabet, A through D, E through H, or you know, whatever the breakdown is, uh, students are going to be grouped into colors, blue, pink, purple, green, whatever the colors are, and you will be given a specific day. So like if you're a blue, you'll go on Monday. If you're a pink, you'll go on Tuesday, so on and so forth for Monday through Thursday. And then the teachers would spend the day Friday, basically online learning, planning, blah, 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 whatever else. So we would only be seeing a quarter of the students and they would be e-learning the other four days. Um, but that still doesn't protect the teacher that might protect the student, but it doesn't protect the teacher. And nobody is talking about the idea that if a teacher happens to get it from a student, they've exposed the rest of their students that day. So now that shuts down the whole blue group, you know, or, uh, that teacher gets it from a student in the blue group. They, they don't know it teach Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, now the pink, green and purple groups are all exposed. So, uh, I would rather see us start virtual with a hope of moving back. Cause listen, no teacher in the world wants to teach from home. We all yeah. want to be at the school. We all want to be in person. Oh yeah. But we also all want to be safe is the bottom line. Yeah. And, because uh, there is the possibility, like you said, of you being eventually the host. I mean, if you're not careful right. enough, you could be the one transferring it to everybody else. And that's a responsibility. And you, you have and to like, kind of admit and listen, that. I, I love being an educator. I love my kids and I want to be around them. 
Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to be a martyr. Like yeah. I'm not look, I'm not looking to be the one because all it's going to take is one. It's going to take one child catching it out of school and then dying. And I, I don't want any child to be that child. Well, and if you look at the population of your school, there's always a potential that there's, there's, let's face it, one jerk who's like, I got it. You got it. <laughs> and you he's know, running around he, the hallway. He's going around coughing people. Yeah. You know, I mean, just, I mean yeah, they're, they're kids. Yeah. You know, in South Carolina, we had our first uh, pediatric death recorded today from COVID. And it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. Um, just, a, you know, uh, I can't remember his age. Young, young, you know, they, they, uh, they didn't release the details just for privacy of the family. But it was in the Midlands, right, in the Columbia area. So um, That's not good. You know, you know it, and like I said, it just takes one. It just yeah. takes one. And I, and I look back, um, back when I first got into coaching in the early 2000s, you know, it took single-digit um, dehydration deaths for us to completely revamp the whole way that football and outdoor teams practice. That, and plus, that, was, that was across the country. Well, that plus there was NFL teams reporting deaths on the field right, of practice. Exactly. I mean, there used to be a mentality of if you drank water, it was a sign of weakness. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, they would, they would want you to be dehydrated and throwing up and, and Listen, passing my, out. My coach used to call the trainer's truck because he used to park on the side of the field. He used to call the trainer's truck the ice cream truck. <laughs> so if you got hurt, he'd be like, all right, go, go get you some ice cream. You know, so in a joking way, I mean, obviously he cared about us, but, um, you know, one of the big things I think for me, and I've always said this since I got into education, this is a perfect opportunity for us to completely revamp the system. Yeah. You know, I know that people want us to go back to being in person. And I hope that whenever we do those same people that were advocating for that, start advocating for us to be fully funded. But my biggest thing is, this is a perfect opportunity to just revamp everything. Just, just start str- from scratch. Well, you because- and I talked before this, before the COVID thing broke out, and I, I kind of commented on the fact of, I think that technology is in a place where education needs to transform to an online basis and that classroom time may become a thing of the past. And you were like, it, it can't be. And I was like, hey, but it, c- it, it could. And right now, it, it, at that point, it couldn't. It should. Right. right. And, and here's the deal. And, and and this is this is another one of those hard conversations for people to hear, like you know, that are not in education usually. But the educational system that we have now is a factory system. It's based on when the textile industry was huge. Yep. Kids go to school from eight to four when parents are at work because of daycare. Because of daycare. Yep. And we are still tech, the textile industry is not as big as it used to be. We it's are left still South Carolina. We are still following an educational system that was established 70, 80 years ago. Which is the same reason. I mean, it's almost the same reason that we still have daylight savings time is because of the farming industry. And, and so, but, but the, it's the, changing. The, the fact that we haven't changed it in 70 or 80 years just shows how little we value education. Right. Now think about how our tax dollars could be used towards students if they weren't paying for a physical building. Ooh. For the property, for the electricity, for the water bill for the security measures you want right. to talk about stopping school shootings yep zoom zoom your classroom it uh you know i, I mean just, listen you and i talked about that beforehand and we were like yeah but you can't put a value on an interaction with each student and you're right you couldn't but maybe you can i think there's got to be 
some sort of blend. There has if, to be. If, if, even if, let's, let's just say the pandemic never happens. My opinion would still be that you should be able to integrate technology like you're talking about, some sort of virtual aspect of school mm-hmm. and some sort of person-to-person interaction. There should be a healthy blend of the two. Um, well, school- if you just had a online version of education, then you potentially end up with an adult like Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory who <laughs> right. just bypasses the whole system and is like, I can learn this and I can learn this and I want to move forward and I don't have time. And listen, there should be a self-paced version of that. But there should also be a social interaction version where they get to make friends at their own level. Now, granted, not every kid is on the same level. And the whole, you know, listen, I, I thought that the idea of the no kid left behind thing was a great idea that Laura Bush was promoting. And in, on paper, it looked great. In reality, it's not practical. Some not kids need to be left behind. Some, some kids are meant to pick up trash. That's just a reality. Right. Okay. But some kids... Let them move forward. Let them become Elon Musk. Let them come up with the new spaceship that's going to go to Mars or develop the next electric car or, I don't know, whatever. I mean. Well, and with the way that the the world has changed now, we don't need to be pushing four-year degrees anymore. No. No. I mean, especially with the way the tuition is. And I mean, you can go to a trade school for free. And you can come out making $50 an hour. You can get paid to get a CDL and come out of yeah. CDL school making over 50 grand right. immediately. Yeah. So the idea that now there, I mean, there is a, there is a place for four-year universities, but there is also a place yes. for two-year universities. And I want they, my they doctors be, and I want my lawyers to go to four-year universities. But, All my they, teachers but going to four-year universities. Both, both should be pushed equally. And students should be encouraged to look at both. If you're going to have an associate's degree in arts, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) So, I mean, this is just a perfect opportunity and I think we're missing it. Yep. Um, You know, so, and then, and, and, you know, I've, I've never liked the idea of a federal department of education. And now, Betsy DeVos coming out saying, well, if you don't reopen, we're going to withhold funding. The federal government is only responsible for about 8% of public funding anyway, but that 8% generally goes to impoverished areas and impoverished schools. So you it's know, not... You know, when she was voted into office, or she, she was... She wasn't voted, that was appointed. No, no, no. When she was appointed in the office, nice I have man. friends of mine that are teachers, and every one of them on Facebook was like, this woman is a vampire. She's a nightmare. Yeah. She, they were like, why she, would she be picked? She's never taught... Yeah. Her, all of her children have gone only to private school. She is a proponent for private school. She doesn't even like public school. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, that's my soapbox. So my big question is, when are you going to move off of being a teacher and go into politics? <laughs> when I get my doctorate. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the next step. Listen, um, I've, I have talked to mom at length about taking the next step. Yeah. And she's done a lot of things behind the scenes. She's done a lot of oh, yeah. talking to people in the right forum and using her platform to further movements, changes in education and stuff like that. I mean, what she's done for the nursing field and the nurse practitioners in this country, I don't think anybody's ever going to understand unless they're in that realm. Right. But if you're looking for somebody who's on paper bulletproof and who is 
going to be courteous and kind and also hammer home the points. I mean, you're the guy. I appreciate that. I mean, your, your ability to recall things off the top of your head is pretty incredible. And the way you remember people is pretty incredible. But also, since you were born, you've had a physical presence of being a big guy. And right. because of that, everyone looks to you and says, so what do we do? And you're like, <laughs> I'm your age. What do you mean? What do, what do we do? I'm, but, but because of that, you sort of trained yourself to then have a short line decision of, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. And, and you've, you've chosen wisely in a lot of situations. And I know it's been a huge burden and I know it's been a, a huge pain in the butt, but also you've grown from it. And because of being a teacher and a coach, it has also trained you to talk to everybody from different backgrounds and to also take into consideration their point of view and to very methodically choose your words carefully in a way that is important to listen to. I mean, you've done a great job. I mean, well, I and, and I, I think that there is a bigger future for you than you imagine. And I know that your heart is where your family is, but I don't know. At a certain point, me personally, I felt like if I don't do something to change the future, then it's my response. Then I've, I have squandered my chance. Right. I have wasted my opportunity to do something. And if it's this platform, so be it. I'm going to do that. If it's what I'm doing at work that's going to change it grassroots, so do it. I don't care. I'm going to do that. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if, if I don't take up what mama started, then I've wasted it. Yeah. I've wasted that door that she's opened and I've done a disservice to her ability to bridge party lines and to bridge people lines and to bridge color lines and extend an olive branch to everybody and say, we can change this. We don't have to put up with this. We can do something different. And especially since you know what needs to be done. Well, I have an opinion on what needs to be done. Right. Some people, some people disagree with it, but it should matter. Oh yeah. Listen, when we go, when we go to the polls to vote who's president this coming time, I don't have a winner. <laughs> it's the weirdest popularity contest ever where you're like, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. And then you get voted and you're like, that guy sucks. I mean, yeah. it's but uh, literally both of them suck. Well, it's definitely not Kanye. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be great to look at Kim in the office. <laughs> I mean, it's not very, it's not very often in your lifetime that you thought you'd get to call out president Yeezy. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's so it's, crazy. It's it's so funny, but it's also so weird that the movie Idiocracy is coming to life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. If if you were to tell me tomorrow that The Rock is running and that a wrestler would be president one day, that's idiocracy. But also, The Rock is our best candidate if he decided to run. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty <laughs> legit candidate. He's very well spoken. I had a conversation this past week with a few guys, and they were like if the rock ran, do you think you'd vote for him? And I was like, absolutely. And I'm like, really? And I was like, why not? Yeah. Out of the choices, he's the most charismatic of them all. He came he, from, no, he came from nothing. He came he, from nothing. From he dirt. worked his he tail off. He worked his tail off. He's charismatic. He's uh, on the forefront of everything. He works his tail off. I mean, everybody knows who he is. Yep. 
Everybody respects who he is. And if you have any questions about it, check out his social media at four o'clock in the morning because he's at the gym lifting. Yeah. He's right, like, hey, guys, right, 4 a.m., right let's after, do it. Right after he got off the plane from Tokyo. Yeah. 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 Making deals with everybody. Hey, let's make this happen. Yeah. What do we got to do? Yep. Hard work. I'm your guy. I'm pretty sure he probably doesn't own a bed. Like he, he probably just sleeps standing up. I don't know when he sleeps. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. Yes. It's amazing. Plus, I'm, I'm, yeah. like almost all the time you see him posting photos with his daughter. I know. He's like, hey, we're just hanging out eating pancakes today. It's like, were you just, weren't you just in Paris working out at some underground gym? <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's a fun one to watch. But yeah. if he ran for president, he would be our best choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know. I, uh, I was just, um, I mean, I know it would kind of shoot themselves in the foot, but I, I, to be honest with you, was really surprised that the GOP decided to, to back Trump again. I did too. I mean, I, mean, I really, really thought surprised. that they were going to be like, yeah, no, no, we're going to go a different route. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Well, it's weird. And, you know, we said it whenever Haley dropped out of her position that maybe she's positioning herself to be the next president in the next run. Right. Maybe right. that's her way of distancing herself from him enough to say, okay, let me put on my book. Let me do this. I mean, if she decides it, to run, she's made a lot of people pay attention to her. And and once again, the the left side shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I mean, they could have went with Tulsi Gabbard. Could have gone with her. I I, I think that had a better shot at winning if they'd have gone with Bernie. Um, mm. over Joe Biden anyway. Over Joe, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like I, I just feel like you know two terms in a row now that they've really screwed the pooch on the, on who they've chosen. Yeah. If they're trying well, to win, is what I mean. And, and both both Joe Biden and Donald Trump are showing signs of dementia. There's oh parts of there's parts of their conversations where they have on stage where they're like, "What are you aware that the microphone is on?" Like, there's moments where you're yeah. like, "I can't well, tell if you're on drugs or if you're like Michelle being coached and I wrong." Or both said in the last election that we were super curious as to who these people were going to be choosing as their vice president because yeah. we thought because at the time. Hillary, Joe, Bernie, and Trump were all over the age of 70, mm-hmm. uh, all showing signs of, of, of illness. And so we thought there's a pretty good chance that one of them doesn't make it and yeah. the vice president will take office. So who, who would we want as, as president from the vice presidential candidates? And then, you know, that didn't really look good either. Yeah. So nah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be a, it's going to be a weird fall. Um, I mentioned on the last podcast that uh, Elon Musk had come up with those red satin booty shorts that says sexy on the butt oh. as, as sort of like a, I don't know, let's see what happens. And like he sold them out immediately. Yeah. And my buddy Greg reached out to me and he goes, you know, why I did that. Right. And I was like, no, why? He said, because people were selling uh, shares of stock and he goes, Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so he did it just to kind of show them, Hey, I can sell anything. <laughs> Yeah. Anything I anything I sell is going to turn to gold. And now he's coming out with Tulsa uh, Tesla vodka or no Tesla tequila. Uh, yeah. Okay, Tesla Jeez. tequila. Tesla tequila. <sighs> I, I literally woke up this morning and turned on YouTube, and the first video that I saw that I was like, "Ooh," was a, re- a guy who put out a review of the Model Y Tesla. Oh uh, yeah, this guy did a really great, full, in depth. I wish I could remember his name. He did a full video talking about the goods and the bads and the uglies of everything about owning it. 
and he put it out yesterday and it was, it was pretty informative. I was like, this guy really did a great job of, the, of reviewing his, his vehicle. But I mean, I, I so want one so bad right now. I mean, <laughs> I know we're not in a position to do one with Dolores losing her job and there's nothing wrong with my truck, but if that were to turn around and if that was an option, I mean, it's the only car maker out there that's making their car better the longer you purchase it. Right. Right. I mean, they're, you get software updates all the time that either increase your charging time, quit making it quicker and faster, or they give you new software updates, making it, you know, better in some way, whether it's, you know, instituting the, um, right. they're not trying drive to upsell you on a new model. They're just no. trying to make the one you have better. They keep putting out updates where it's like, oh, if you bought this during this year, oh, we're giving you free charging for life. It's like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. What car maker is doing that except for Tesla and yeah. made here in America? I mean, geez, uh, what more could you ask for? Yeah. And eventually that car will just take you to space. I mean, the cool part was like he, he announced on Joe Rogan. He was like, you know, I got to a certain point in my life and I realized I have enough money. Now I just want to like save the next generation. So I've released all my patents for free. If anybody wants to make a better mousetrap, go for it. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of took a moment and took a step back. I'm like, did anybody hear what he just said? Yeah. Holy crap. You know? Yeah. And he goes, and if they make a better one, cool. That inspires me to make a better one. Yep. Who, who else is going to do that? I mean, geez, not too many people anymore. You know, Adam Carolla once said that if you want to improve your life, make, make friends with smart people. Make friends with people who are, who are more successful than you are because what they like to do is tell you how they got successful. Yeah. And he's like, that's what I did. And he said, I still have the same burner friends that I used to get high with after we'd work all week doing our stupid job. He goes, but I don't hang out with them as much. Now I hang out with people who are successful. And he talked about being friends with Mark Cuban and, you know, Dr. Phil and Jimmy Kimmel. And he's like, and my life has gotten exponentially better because I'm friends with those people. Yeah. And I ask them for advice and they freely tell me all the time. This is what you got to do. This is what I did. Cool. I just want to be Elon's friend. Elon, if you're listening. Hey. Hi, <laughs> Josh Peak, South Carolina. I'd like to be oh, friends, buddy. Call me. <laughs> I know you can get my number. Call me. <laughs> Listen, if you don't put it out there in the universe, no one's going to pay attention. That's right. My brother could be president one day. That's all I'm saying. I said it here. <laughs> <laughs> With the right financial backing, you never know. You never know. <laughs> probably, I probably should start with something like, you know, city council first. Eh. Gotta, you got to start somewhere. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Get on the school board or something, you know. Yeah. Why not? Run for mayor. Who cares? Whatever. You know. Here we go. I'm just a teacher trying to make this place a better world. That's it. And when, you, when you smile, there's a little star that twinkles in your tooth. That's what I. Uh, that's what I tell my players at the beginning of the year. Every year, I'm like, you know, I want you to win ball games. I want you to become a better basketball player. But by the time you're done playing for me, I, I want you to just be a better person. Yeah. If you walk away from here just being a good human, then I'll, I'll feel like I've done my job. So. It's the same job as being a dad. We, uh, you know, we tell we tell our kids all the time because um, you hear people say the the phrase you know, I got your back. I, I got your back. I got your back. And I tell the kids all the time, I was like, please don't say that to your teammates because it's very easy to hide behind someone's back. So you tell your teammate that you're beside them. I'm right beside you. And, uh, so when all that stuff happened with, uh, 
you know, Floyd and, and all the riots started happening, I, I text a few of my players and, and I said, you know, I, I will never know the fear that you feel sometimes. I said, but please know that if you need me to, I am right beside you every step of the way. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's important. I think if we all thought that way a little bit more. I made a point is, to tell several of my drivers, I was like, you're, we're, we're not friends. We're family. You're right. Like, family. I said, I've laughed with you. I've cried with you. I've bled with you. You're family. Yep. If you ask me in an instant, Hey, I need your help. What do you need? That's exactly right. But that's the conversation we all need to be having. That's exactly right. So I feel good about this. You feel good about this? Yeah. That's a good one. We've done close to an hour. I feel good. It goes by without even noticing it. I know. It's a good conversation. (laughs) This is totally off. This is totally off topic, but I'm sitting on my balcony. Um, because this is about the only quiet place I can find in a house of two small children. And uh, I just watched like this four and a half foot black snake slither across my backyard. Oh. Yeah. So that'll be Good fun later. <laughs> He's chasing a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So not to derail things a different direction, but um, I do want to check out the show you were telling me about, uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Fantastic. On HBO yeah. right now? Uh, it is on HBO. So originally, it's a DC uh, comic show, yeah. and it was so weird. In the US only, DC tried to release their own streaming platform. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Doom Patrol was actually on Netflix in every other country. Huh. And then when HBO switched to HBO Max, they um, they picked up a lot of stuff. One of the things being the DC network. Yeah. And so Doom Patrol transitioned to HBO and it is it's just it's so far away from normal superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. They're all misfits that are trying to find their way. Um but there are some really really cool characters. Um one of the girls in the show uh her name is Crazy Jane in the show. She's a schizophrenic. And within her schizophrenia she has 64 different personalities. And each one has its own superpower. That is so cool. And some of the episodes, so within her own body and within her own mind, she calls it the underground. And there are scenes where you as the viewer get taken to the underground and you get to meet. So these personalities will be like having a round table meeting with each other. And they're all just so different. And they they such an interesting character to have. They all have superpowers. And you like, I think, so they're, they just aired the fifth episode of the second season. Um, and I think we've probably only seen 10 of her personalities. Um, but it's just a really interesting show. And it's very vulgar. It's, yeah. it's bloody. Good. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like a, uh, a semi, semi-serious Deadpool type. Yeah. So there's there's definitely a comedic element to it, but um, but there's a very Deadpool element of you know killing and weird just just weird stuff. Well, I remember but, when that happened. Um, it was because Marvel got picked up by Disney that, mm-hmm. that DC then went, oh, we got to make our own thing. Yeah. But I I heard listening to things online that it just didn't pick up. Like people were a lot of people just didn't subscribe. They were like another service I got to subscribe to. Nah. Right. So a lot well, of people either the, pirated it or they just avoided it. 
Right. Well, because things like ABC and uh, CW, they were already carrying DC shows yeah. like Arrow or you Flash, know, Daredevil, The Supergirl. Flash. Exactly. So, you know, there was no need for them to have their own streaming service. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to, 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 to find that. It's, it's been a fun one. Well, the chick with 64 personalities and all those superpowers and different personalities, that's a really cool concept for a person. Um, it reminds me a lot of Rogue back in the day mm-hmm. on the old comics that I used to watch. There, there was an episode that I watched where she could unleash every superpower that she had absorbed. Right. And it was my favorite episode ever because she yeah. realized at a certain point, she was like, I don't need to touch people anymore. I can, I, I can already have it. <laughs> I can ha- I have it within me. I can unleash it whenever I want. And she decided right. like she wanted to end something that was happening. And she goes, okay. And she just, she just went out and did whatever she wanted. And I was like, <gasps> it was like yeah. watching a character unlo- unlock God mode in a video game. You're like, Ooh, they get to do whatever they want. This is so cool. I mean, nice. it's that moment you cheer for in the matrix. Whenever Neo suddenly sees everything in code, and you're like, <gasps> Dr. Mr. Smith's going to get it now. Like you, yeah. know, you, you sort of cheer for it. You're like, yes, you know? Nice. So, I mean, um, that makes it fun to watch and, and I'm looking forward to watching that just for that reason. So the girl, uh, that special plays, shout out to Josh Treadaway for unlocking my fire stick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the girl that plays uh, crazy Jane, the schizophrenic is the, uh, the small, um, uh, Hispanic girl from orange, orange is, the is the new black. black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's fantastic. She's like, you know, I was oh, yeah. really worried because, you know, James McAvoy spoiled us all with yeah. his movie Split, where he was able to just click, click, click from personality. That's because um, he's just a good character. I mean, yeah. his, she, his she, acting ability uh, is incredible. She does the same. She's yeah. very good at it. Um, uh, Brendan Fraser uh, is in the show. A lot of people uh, don't give Orange of. is the New Black enough credit. That awesome. is a great show with a lot of great actors. The, uh, the ending of that show was incredible. Yes. I, I love the way that show ended. Yes. Uh, it was sad. It was happy. It was, I mean, it was incredible. Listen, the season of the jailbreak, the, 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 the riots in the jail, whenever tasty yeah. is the, the, whoever the girl is that plays tasty deserved an, an award for that season. She was impressive. I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, crap. I'm pretty sure that she went to the governor's school, uh, here in the upstate in South Carolina for acting. She is amazing. Yeah, she's I very mean, good. She's that very, season, very good. She had to unleash every single emotion she had in her rage, anger, love, hate, sadness, all of it almost in the same scene at sometimes. Yeah. And you and and just like all the top actors in the world, you forget you're watching an actor. Yeah. yeah and she you was very are good. you are feeling what she's feeling and you're I was in my living room crying. 40 yeah. something year old white man. <laughs> this is not yeah. right, man. I was like, fuck am I doing, man? Always like, What's wrong with you? I was like, allergies. Is Nothing is so eyes. stupid. In my eyes, allergies. Fuck you. You know, turn the TV on. You smell funny. You know, <laughs> deflect, 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 deflect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing show. But all of the yeah. actresses are amazing in that show. Oh, all of them. No question. No question. Yeah. I, I, I don't. It's been a long, there's only been a few shows, I think, um, that I've watched start to finish that have just drawn me in and like really just, just kept me pulled in. Yeah. Uh, and that was definitely one of them. You yeah. Know, I genuinely looked forward to that show when it came out. I was uh, telling you about watching Warrior Nun. Yeah. And it was very good. It was, uh, you can tell it was based on like one of those, um, um, 
what do they call them? The graphic novels. Graphic novels. Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine reading this. It was probably really incredible, but also visually they did a great job of showing you what the characters are going through. So, you know, not to give anything away, this is in the previews. The power comes from this halo that's, that's pushed into this girl's back and the girl was dead and she was a quadriplegic before she was, before she died. And so suddenly she's given this power from this halo where she has some type of superpower. You're not really sure what it is. And she, she suddenly freaked out about the fact that she can walk and use her arms. And, and all of a sudden she's in a life and death situation as soon as she comes to, and it's like, Oh no, like there's a lot going on. She gets separated from the people that are going to show her how to use her powers or even talk to her about her powers. She doesn't want any part of it. She's just like, I can't believe I'm able to walk and talk and hang out with people. And I was just dead. Right. And, and then, I mean, the way they shot it was really good, but also the characters that are in the show are very compelling. I mean, it's really easy to get sucked into it, and I really hope they continue with the series. Um, it was good from beginning to end, and it's only eight episodes. The last episode ends on a cliffhanger where I was literally waiting for something to happen, and it stopped, and I was like, no, come on! <laughs> like, it, there was a huge battle that was happening, and it just stopped, and I was like, where's the next episode? <laughs> Did I hit the wrong button? No, 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 no. Come on. That can't be it. And it was it. I was like, ah, oh, come on. So Jeez. I'm in. Whoever came up with Warrior Nun, great job. Good actresses. Good, good show. I mean, great show. So, nice. yeah. Nice. Another, yeah. Another hit. The only other things I've really watched outside of, you know, cartoons are, uh, I did watch uh, Dr. Sleep. Um, I guess that's like the sequel to The Shining. You and McGregor is supposed to be the kid from, you know, yeah. uh, from The Shining, and he's you know now in his forties. Yeah, it's it. Uh, it was it was a pretty interesting take because they they definitely took a more um, I wouldn't even say paranormal, but a more uh, magical yeah twist to it. So, and then Michelle and I watch uh, the show Yellowstone on the Paramount network with Kevin Costner. We really like that show. That's a good show. Too, I hear that's so. good. I hear a lot of people telling me about that. Yeah. So they're in their, uh, third season and, uh, it's, it's, it's a really good show. He does a he does an incredible job. Of course. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, he's an Oscar winner. He's going to do like, a great job. It's like, uh, it's like if house of cards took place on the biggest ranch in the country. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's intense. So, and he's, like yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, well, it's hey, pretty fun. I got to cut this short because I, I have to go potty. Got it. I love you. Love you, bud. Thank you for doing the podcast. Yeah, man, of course. Every, everybody out there who's listening, if you want to be part of the conversation, you want to build your community, you want to be part of this, let me know. Reach out to me. Thank you to everybody who's listening and sharing the podcast. I hear from you. Thank you so much. Um, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, cue the cow. Later. <laughs>